and welcome to Prophecy Girls, a Buffy rewatch podcast. I'm Stephanie Chow, pronouns she, her. I'm Kara Babcock, pronouns she, her. Join us each week as we break down every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. This is a spoiler-free podcast. So whether you're watching for the first time, or longtime fans like us, we'll be analyzing every episode, character, and storyline like it's our first time too. During this rewatch, we'll reminisce about our memories of Buffy, discuss the show's cultural impact, and provide honest commentary from a 21st century lens. Thank you for listening. Now, on to the episode. Season 6, Episode 14, Older and Far Away. I felt both older and farther away while watching this episode. (laughs) I am with you on that, Kara. Uh, This episode, look, (laughs) look, I think in pieces this episode works. Like, there's some great things that I really love this episode. I love a Donifer episode, number one. We haven't seen a Donifer episode since, I don't know, Blood Ties? Like, it's been a while. Love me some Halfrek. My girl is back. Love her so much. Uh, love a feisty Tara. Okay. There's a lot of things I love in the women in this episode. But overall, it just doesn't jive for me. There is a lack of flow. I just, I don't care about this episode. It's boring. It's a boring episode. I, I You and I were talking just before we started recording. For once, we are in agreement that the episode is bad. And I I say for once, like we've never once agreed before, but like normally it's one of us is like, oh, this episode is meh. And the other one's like, no, this is a great episode. Here's why. And it becomes kind of a game to to show the other, the world of the episode. Um, but in this case, no, you and I are just like, <laughs> nope, this was a snooze fest. I agree with what you're saying right now. It's like, there are things about this episode to like, we're not going to rag on it the entire time. It it just never comes together. There's lots of good ideas here, but they're not always executed very well. We're just continuing on this season six path of bad episodes uh, or maybe like downer episodes or episodes that don't make me feel the way I want to feel. This episode reminds me a lot of Doomed in season four, Mm. right? Which is like, again, it's an episode with a lot of good ideas in it. You know, Giles feeling redundant apocalypse is happening like it's it's an interesting episode but it it just never really lands for a lot of people and I, i feel the same way about this one i'm like oh this could have been a great episode but yeah i don't know and I, like, i'm surprised i didn't like it because i was expecting to like it just in my memory of watching it in the past mm-hmm. like who doesn't like a house party the scoobies are all together clem is here uh but yeah overall i was just like meh so before we get into it i think we should probably mention for the benefit of you know listeners who don't obsessively obsessively follow our instagram um something really special happened last week right it did steph finally got to taste my mm cookies <laughs> that could be taken very sexual if you're not careful Cara. <laughs> why would it why would anybody think i mean that in a sexual way what's wrong because sometimes you come out with these like out-of-pocket sexual jokes um no what she means is that Kara and i met up in person in thunder bay my hometown because i came for thanksgiving canadian thanksgiving and we got together and it was so nice what is it 14 years 14 years we tried to last christmas yeah Yeah, well i'm actually kind of glad because you were pregnant last christmas (laughs) although seeing pregnant stuff would have been fun 
Um, but I'm really glad that you the kid is now outside of you, and I got to hold the kid and and meet the kid, which was really nice. So I feel like we've bonded. Because mm-hmm. um, who knows, you know, how big she's going to be next time I see you guys in person. And uh, I also got to meet your husband, which was really nice. Right? And for once, he wasn't just making noise in the background. He was here making noise for our faces to, to talk <laughs> on your lovely deck. And we had such a nice little pizza party. And we had the yeah. cookies. And Rosalind just loved her Auntie Cara because she's heard Auntie Cara for like her whole existence. Uh, but now <laughs> she can put a face to the voice. And it was such a nice visit. Oh, my God. I was so happy. And then I came back. Remember, I went home, put the baby to bed, yes. got rid of the husband. <laughs> and then I came right back. Went for a nice walk. Yeah. Inspired a bit about podcast stuff, which our listeners will hear about eventually once we've solidified Ooh. plans. Um, but yeah, you know, it was lovely. So there you have it, listeners. Kara and Steph together again in person. The first meeting of many meetings, because obviously I'll be coming back. Yeah, and I'll come visit you. (laughs) We're so cute. So, yeah, all that to say, we didn't like this episode, but we like each other very much (laughs) and got together at our own house party. I I like to think that if you and I were mystically trapped in a house for a day, we'd be okay. Oh, we'd be absolutely okay, especially if you you kept those um cookies flowing, you know? Did you have an alternative name for this episode? I, I just watched it like... An hour before we started recording, I'm sorry. <laughs> I would call it Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> Not that. Ooh, you. Yeah, sorry. That reminds me that this episode reminds me of Dead Man's Party. It's got go. the same vibe, right? They're at the house. Uh, there's a lot of like infighting amongst the Scoobies. Oh, like... but with that episode, that it, it, there's so much anxiety with that episode, and there's so much fighting that you and I had so much to dig into. This one's just not at the same level of agreed angst as that one, even though we do have Dawn here. So let's get into it. We open with Buffy packing her duffel bag with weapons and apologizing to Dawn for having to leave her again. Dawn says, it's okay. And Buffy says, we're going to sit down and have a real dinner someday. And she's making her excuses, right? And Dawn says, I understand. She doesn't. She, she does not. And she says, maybe when you get back, we can set up for the party tomorrow. They won't. <laughs> and Buffy's like, yeah, but but this could take a while, so I wouldn't wait up. Besides, Willow promised to be on birthday um, patrol, so there's nothing left for us to do. And I was like, Buffy, like right off the bat, that was a chance to do something with Dawn, right? Just to be like, yeah, sure, we can get, I don't know, like put the plates out and stuff, like do something. We can make mm cookies. Yeah, like, ugh. so Buffy puts on her coat and grabs a hat. Because it's winter out, let's not forget. Uh, and she gives Dawn her before bedtime instructions and then leaves Dawn looking very sad. And indeed, Buffy's put on her coat and her bucket hat and they match each other. It's like a red hat and like the coat is lined with red. And I was like, what is going on? It, it, whatever. She's worn this ensemble to the cemetery and a red demon that matches her hat. <laughs> it's got like a ponytail. Attacks her. And um, he disappears in and out of the air like he teleports. And Buffy stabs him with his own sword. But she falls over so she misses him going into the sword and like hiding there. <laughs> and Buffy's like saying, ooh, shiny. And she picks up the sword and she starts playing with it. I gotta say, and I have more thoughts on this demon as we go through the, of the episode. This demon is fucking pointless. Yeah. Like I guess they always just have to like stick a demon or a supernatural thing in there i don't know first off what a waste of a good makeup and costuming job like that is a distinctive looking demon we haven't seen this type of demon before he reminds me a little bit of legos from um revelations oh rest in peace you know like same kind of like bulky 
long hair kind of vibe going on. Legos had a sword too, didn't he? Or an axe or something. Yeah, I feel like they must come from like the same block or something. They grew up together. Does Angel know? Because remember Legos was Angel's arch nemesis. (laughs) (laughs) I think Angel was Legos' arch nemesis. Um, No, but like this demon could have been something. And I don't know if we ever we don't get this demon's like name or the name of its species right like it's just a demon it's so random anyway cut to credits <laughs> <laughs> well we're off to a good start at the magic box anya is asking willow and xander if they should if they should set up lots of candles for buffy's party and xander is like not if they're that horrible slug kind that you keep trying to unload now this is a callback to life cereal when buffy was trying to sell that slug or where buffy was looking at that slug candle for that customer. But it's also a callback to Gone, where the, they got rid of all the candles. Remember? Like, is, is Willow okay now that she can she can have candles around? Well, she's being supervised in the magic box. I don't think they have to get rid of all the candles that they're selling. I think it's just <laughs> you can't have the slug candle at home. True. Anya says she doesn't know why people get so turned off by slugs. And Xander says slugs get turned off by slug. Actually, I wanted to talk to you about that, he says to Willow. And Willow says, slugs? And Xander says, no, the party. Tara at the party. Buffy really wants her there. It seems important to her, so I told her I'd ask you. And Whittle's like, of, of course. She should, she should totally be there. It'll, it'll be great. <laughs> and Dawn comes in. And Willow says, Buffy's out patrolling already. And uh, what time is it? Did Dawn walk there alone? Thank you. This is <laughs> such a good question. Because Dawn's next question, because the next thing is like, who wants to go to the mall with me? Yeah. Like, it's dark in the cemetery. And I know it's winter, so maybe it gets dark really early. Like, what? Like, 7 o'clock? Maybe 6.30 at this hey, point? We remember at Halloween, This it all comes back to Halloween, and that was the first time you and I danced with time in this show. 5 p.m. is when it gets dark in this city, and the mall <laughs> is probably open till like, 11 p.m. so that vampires can go there and feast. Yeah, it's just, yeah, the timing is a little bit off here, so thank you. I have that same <laughs> note. Like, I could believe that she walks to the magic box, but then the idea that she's going to go to the mall tonight... <laughs> Like, she's had this whole time to get gifts for Buffy, too. I didn't go into detail about what Buffy told her, but she was like, do your homework, eat, and then go to bed. There's no mention about shopping. Yeah, Don just strolls to the magic box. He's like, hey, guys, want to go to the mall? Like, what? And, and what? if Buffy had taken Don up on Don's earlier request to do something together... When was Dawn planning to get Buffy's birthday present? Maybe. Well, I mean, we see what she gets her later. Maybe this is on her whim. She's like, oh, Buffy's going to ditch me. I'm going to go fucking steal something. (laughs) You know, like that's how crime happens. So yeah, so Xander mentions briefly, like anything new about Warren and the nerd herd. And I was like, why would Dawn know this? Like, why would that be Dawn's intel? Uh, And Dawn says, just big monster hunt. So again, uh, Dawn says, yeah, can anyone come to the mall with me? Right. I'm going to go buy a birthday present. And again, my question is, like, why are you asking the Scoobies? Why don't you ask Janice? Well, Janice's mom will probably make you Mexican food and then bring you to the mall herself. So I don't know. Willow says she's got her Spellcasters Anonymous group. Dawn's like, oh, yeah, you should do that. What about you guys? And Anya says she's stuck doing the books. And Xander says he's got to finish his new shift schedule for the crew for tomorrow. Because these are all adults, Cara. They have jobs and things to do and important things. That's one thing I noticed about this episode is everybody in this episode is suddenly in their 30s. Everyone's got shit to do. They don't just go off to the bronze anymore. Hey, I'm on Dawn's side in this episode. I agree with her angst here. 
But these are legit things that they have to do. And Don, you kind of just sprung this on them, right? Like, hey, you guys want to go to the mall? It's like, it's like 8 p.m., <laughs> right? Like their day is done and they have things to do for tomorrow. Willow apologizes and says, like, it's just one of those nights. And Don's like, yeah. And she's like, are you going to be okay on your, are you going to go on your own? And Don's like, yeah, somehow I'll manage to pull it off. And she goes sadly. Okay, but can we just reflect on the fact that Don clearly has no friends anymore? Well, that's what, that's what I'm saying. Where is Janice and her mom? Yeah, like, this is sad. You know, I mean, I was not the most social kid in high school. I did not go hang out at the mall with my friends, but I probably could have if I really, truly wanted to. I probably could have found people to go hang out at the mall with. Um, the fact that Don keeps wanting to tag along with all these adults, that's just really sad. Like, poor Don. And, and the show never really wants to delve into what's going on with Don in that way. They just want to position Dawn's behavior as like she's acting out because Buffy's not parenting her properly but it's like couldn't we explore like what's going on with Dawn's social life at high school we could not because that would mean the writers giving a shit about Dawn's storyline this this season uh, but again Dawn asking people at 9 30 p.m or whatever time this is <laughs> to go shopping with you is not a good plan I'm sorry so back at the summer's home, Dawn is getting home, uh, presumably from the mall. Presumably, presumably she walked. Like, we know she didn't get an Uber. Like, not only can she not afford it, it doesn't exist yet. <laughs> so she comes into an empty home. She calls for Buffy, but of course she's not there. And she goes up to her room, which is very neatly made up. She's got a lot of stuffed animals. And her bed is, like, really nicely made. Cara, like, when you were 15, did you make your bed like this every day? Are you a bed maker? What do you think, Steph? I don't know, because I saw your house last week and it was really neat. So maybe you do. Yes. I had a separate <laughs> bed for my stuffed animal collection because it was so large. Mm. I had a pile of stuffed animals on a separate bed in my bedroom. Wow, rich girl. And then, yes. I made my... <laughs> it was a small room. It was very crowded. Um, I made my bed every day because I am not an animal. <laughs> um, Dawn empties her pockets, right? And she's stolen a whole bunch of shit, okay? She's got jewelry, lipstick in there. She's a bad girl. She's a bad girl. She's, she hasn't grown out of her bad girl phase from all the way. Uh, <laughs> she opens her closet. Where's Janice now? <laughs> Janice is like, I, you're too bad for me, all right? Janice is like, I just wanted to cheat on my SATs and do coke, and this is way too bad for me. <laughs> or maybe Janice straightened up. Maybe she was scared straight in all the way after she got bitten by her boyfriend, you know? So Dawn opens her closet and there's a mirror there, full-length mirror. And she's wearing a leather jacket, right? And it has a price tag on it still. And it's a really nice leather jacket. And like, we'll see that, that that's obviously the gift that she's going to get to Buffy later on. But I was like, Dawn, that's really nice. And like, wow, I can't believe you just stole that. That's crazy. But um, Buffy has a leather jacket. It's angels. <laughs> so cut to the next day. In class, Dawn is called to the guidance counselor's office, and the guidance counselor is looking suspiciously familiar. She's saying to Dawn that she's following up after her loss. She's like, since I'm new here, I thought it would give us a chance to get to know each other. I've been looking at your file and your grades have slipped a little bit. Your teachers say you're really distracted lately. And Dawn says, I'm not, I'm fine. And the counselor says, okay. It's just, I know it must seem weird talking to a stranger about stuff. I want you to know that if something's going on, some, if something's up, the most important part of my job is looking after you. And Dawn just stares at her and then she's like, I, I'm really okay. And the counselor says, I know there's been a lot of loss. And Dawn says, yeah, kind of. I mean, yes, people keep 
People keep having a tendency to go away, and I miss them. And sometimes I wish I could just make them stop going away. And the counselor nods, and Don says, seriously, it's not a big deal. I'm fine. So, yeah, so we're going to notice that the counselor here, again, looks really... Where have we seen her before? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But um, she looks familiar, but I also want to say that what she's wearing to work here... I don't care if it's like 2002. I've worn that to work as well. Just like a little turtleneck, like no sleeve top with a pendant. Oh, yeah. I would wear a that. A magical pendant, perhaps. She, she is very much dressed like a teacher right now. Like, good job. Love it. Cut to the summer's kitchen where Anya is putting together the snacks. So it's nighttime now. All right. It's the party. Is it Friday night? No, it's not because everyone has work in class the next day. So they had a big party on what I'm guessing is Thursday night. Xander is asking Buffy who's coming to the party. The Buffy says, just you guys, Willem Tara, the gang, and Sophie from work. And Anya says, and, and Xander stared at her. And Buffy's like, what? Like, I'm one of those losers that can't make friends outside of the tight little circle? No, I'm friendly. We bonded instantly. Peas in a pod. Bonded peas. And Anya says, what's Sophie's last name? And Buffy's like, okay, shut up. Okay, can we pause for a moment? Why are the Scoobies being so mean to Buffy on her birthday? Because they're mean people. Like, Anya's first instinct, and I know it's Anya, but like, Anya's a bitch in this episode. Mm. Like, even for Anya, for her immediate comeback, when Buffy's like, I made a friend to be like, what's her last name? What's her birthday? What's her social security number? Like, why can't we just be happy for Buffy? Why can't you just smile at her and say, thank that's nice, Buffy. We're super happy. And again, I know it's Anya, but like, Xander doesn't step in to defend Buffy. Like, I am so sad. The Scoobies brought Buffy back from the dead, and then they proceed to shit all over her every episode and it makes me sad and i'm laughing because i cry <laughs> what i want to say is it's so rare for them to introduce somebody to the group who isn't a significant other that's probably why they're just like what because the only time they bring new people in is if they're dating one of the one of the core three right or or even giles they never bring friends in so i think that's why they're just like what as in, like, you could possibly make a friend. Maybe because Buffy has so many secrets. I don't know why I'm defending Anya here. I'm just saying. It's rare for a friend to come in, and I agree with you. Like, can you guys please get your heads out of your asses and just be happy that Buffy's making friends at a job she doesn't want? Thanks. So Xander says, we're all about the new friend thing. And Buffy asks what he means, and Anya says, they invited someone for you. Like, we invited somebody for you. A guy. And Dawn comes in, and she's like, for Buffy, really? And Xander's like, definitely not a setup. And Anya's like, right, no. Just an attractive single man with whom we hope you have much, very much in common. And if you happen to form a romantic relationship leading to babies and many double dates with us, so we have someone else to talk to, yay. So I want to say here, Kara, that setting up friends is an awful, terrible, no good idea. And I did it once and I will never do it again. Ooh, ooh, dish. A dish. I'll just say, I'll just say, I had two very close friends to me, love them both thought they're both single now why not and then it turns out just because people are single does not mean they're ready for any sort of commitment whether it's to each other or to me being a nice friend and setting them up people people treat other people wrongly feelings are hurt and i have to have a long discussion with one of my friends about what happened and i don't like that so what (laughs) what happened to the other one hurt hurt (laughs) cara hurt and pain so I just don't do it. All right. The, the best you can do, um, the best you can do is have some sort of social function 
invite your single friends and then let them mingle on their own. Don't bring people for people. You mean I, I shouldn't set up an elaborate engineered Rube Goldberg style meet cute where I like maneuver each friend into being in the right place <laughs> at the right time unbeknownst to them uh, and then hire a bunch of paid actors to ensure that the scene goes off smoothly so that they can bump into each other and meet that way? Listen, if someone did that for me, I would be beyond flattered. <laughs> But no, don't, because it's going to blow up in your face, okay? I'll take that chance. Buffy says, I assume this was an act of kindness. That'll help when with the not throttling. And Xander offers to take food out. So, okay, let's cut to Tara coming over, okay? And Buffy gives her this huge hug. And she's like, oh, you made it. And Tara's like, of course, sweetie. And, like, this is so sweet. This is so sweet. Uh, they've clearly bonded since Buffy had her mental breakdown on Tara's lap. Yes, but because the show refuses to give Amber Benson more screen time, we don't get to see more of this precious Buffy-Tara friendship that I would like to see. Thank you very much. We see, I, you know what though, they, we see a lot of Tara backing up Buffy in this episode, which I love to see. I wish we saw more of Buffy's journey from that headspace of being so fucking upset in the last episode that you and I were crying watching her go through it and into her space now where she's like, it's my birthday. You know what I mean? Like I just, I'm getting whiplash. So Tara asks, how are you doing? Buffy says better, mostly, sometimes. Tara asks if Spike is coming. Buffy says, no, he may be a chip head, but he still doesn't play well with others. Besides, I'm definitely not ready to come out. I'm all stay inny. So... What does she mean, come out? Like, there's two parts of me. It's like, one is like, I'm not ready to come out that her and Spike are fucking? I was going to say doing it, but okay. <laughs> like, that's not something you'd ever have to come out about. Is she worried that Spike will be the one to tell people and she's not ready for that? Is she referring to the fact that, like, they're some sort of dating situation? Like, I'm confused why she would use that language. I mean, yeah, it's a little bit of appropriation there. It's not like her whatever we were calling this situation ship with spike it's it's not a it's not like buffy is revealing something about her identity there but no I, or I, label yeah i don't know i i think it's just a case of maybe buffy's being a little quippy here and the joke just doesn't land especially 20 years from now yeah 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 i'm just you know all of a sudden treating this like it's a secret relationship and not just like a dirty secret that she's ashamed of is very strange given the last conversation her and tara have had Let's quickly cut to Willow, who's checking her outfit nervously in the mirror before she comes downstairs, because obviously Tara's coming over. Uh, Buffy is asking Tara how she's doing, and Tara says, the word gulp comes to mind. And uh, Willow comes down the stairs, and Buffy's just like, coming, and <laughs> runs away. Uh, Willow says, how are you? Tara says, fine, thanks. How are you? Willow says, I'm great. I mean, fine. Finey McFine, fine. And Tara says, you look. And Willow says, thanks. And Tara says, great. And Willow says, thanks. <laughs> It's so awkward. And Tara's like, I'm going to go get a drink. And Will's like, yeah, you should. You, you don't want to get thirsty. And Tara walks into the kitchen. Buffy's pouring drinks in there. And she just like chugs her drink down. So I guess this is must be this must be Buffy's 21st birthday because they have alcohol here now. You, you think they wouldn't have alcohol at a home birthday party before 21? They didn't because last year they had a Buffy. They had a party with Joyce present and they probably all got high because Joyce was there. But then like there was not one drink in sight. 
So a knock at the back door. Spike enters with Clem. Spike says Willow mentioned the shindig, figured we're all part of the team, thought I'd swing by. Buffy notices Clem and is like, what kind of team is this? And Clem's like, hi, we've met once before. <laughs> and Spike says, the more the merrier, that kind of thing. Clem introduce, introduces himself to Tara and Xander brings in a guy named Richard. What do we think of Richard? He's He's what he needs to be, which is like Owen, just like a simple, straightforward guy. Is he attractive? Yeah, yeah he's like... Like, I think I've called this before. He's like WB attractive, right? He's like your typical, stereotypical mm-hmm. football player boy that in high school probably got a lot of girlfriends. Okay. But he seems nice. I mean, we only get like five lines from him, but he seems nice. He says Richard was wondering where he can park his car and he insists that Buffy show him. And Buffy's like, okay, I'll be right back. But she looks at Spike Ooh, before she goes. Big high roller has his own car. Okay. Well, I'm impressed. <laughs> takes very little for me to get on a date with Richard. Uh, Richard asks Buffy uh, about the guy with the with the skin, and Buffy's like, oh, it's a skin condition. <laughs> Richard, you can't just ask people why their skin's like that. Richard, you can't just ask people why they're white. <laughs> Spike calls him a stupid git, and Tara says, I don't know, he seemed cute. Was he cute? I mean, I'm not a very good judge, but I think he seemed very cute. Okay. Tara is absolutely wild in this episode. The way that she lays into Spike, I am here for it. She's a savage, and I love it. I love it because um, she's usually so reluctant and shy, right? But this is the beginning of it, and we see it multiple times in this episode where she not only is asserting herself, but she is demonstrating an amount of sarcasm towards Spike that we've never seen before. And... I love it. I love it because she's doing it on Buffy's behalf. She's channeling her inner Giles pissed off at the teenagers. Oh, love it for her. And I love that Clem says, I think he seems cute. <laughs> so I love Clem. Yeah, Clem's great. I have zero complaints about Clem in this episode. I love that they just brought him along. Why not, right? In the living room, Dawn is asking Anya if it's time to open the presents. And Anya's like, not yet, sweetie. Buffy's making a new friend, a grown-up friend. And Dawn is like saying, oh, you, the guy you invited her to... To, you invited to set her up with like i was there remember like i hear you when you're when i'm in the room with you i do understand these things and anya is like condescending and she says yes you do she, she pats don's head yeah and don says i'm in high school you know that right and anya's like yes you are so this is what i mean about everybody acting like they're in their 30s if this is the 21st birthday then they're less than four years out of high school like anya I know she's a thousand-year-old ex-demon, but she was pretending to be a high school-aged person four years ago. Like, do, do you see what I mean? Like, it's like they're not old enough to have forgotten what it's like to be a teenager at this point, but they're acting like they are. Yeah, I agree. It's very, very strange. Uh, Spike is cornering Buffy in a hallway, and he says, you want to slip away for a minute, love? I'll let you blow out the candles. Buffy says, here now? I don't think so. And Spike says, you worried about Richard? You don't have to make your new boyfriend jealous, right? And Buffy says, shut up. He's sweet. And Spike says, oh, shut up. He's sweet. And Buffy says, maybe he's not the jealous one. And she walks away from him, and he says, you think he'll take you on his 10-speed pet? Maybe he'll let you ride in the little basket up front. Jealous, my ass. So... Like, it just kind of throws me because Buffy is openly flirting with Spike here, right? Teasing him about being jealous. Like, oh, who's jealous? Ooh. It's just strange because, again, like, Buffy in the last episode beat the shit out of him. Are they never going to, like, address it? Also, did you notice this, Cara? Like, in this particular scene, in some of these scenes, but this one in particular, the lighting is so much 
or the definition of the camera is so much that I can see their stage makeup. Like I can see the camera makeup on these two. Oh, that's because you have the Seki HD remaster on Disney+. Plus. I'm watching <laughs> 480p DVD rips on my 720p TV that's all the way across my room. So I don't notice any <laughs> of that stuff. Well, it's something to behold because like I in this scene, 100%, James Marsters, and I've said this before, he looks his age which is like 42 or something at this point like you can see his wrinkles you know and buffy like say like sarah sarah michelle geller she must be like i don't know 23 or 24 here i can see her makeup but she doesn't look old in any in any way but like i don't know i don't know like i just whenever i see like these little windows into the actors behind you know the show and i'm just reminded that james marshers was so much older than her he looks older than her in this particular episode. And it distracts me. Now it's time to open presents. Woo! <laughs> so Buffy is sitting on the couch. She's surrounded by Willow and Dawn and opening presents. She opens something that, you know, it looks like a little hand-operated, battery-operated thing. Uh, and Willow explains that it's a back massager. Um, and it's portable. Buffy can take it on patrol with her. Willow says, It's like instant gratification for all your little aches. Which prompts Buffy to look at Spike and says, great, thanks. What's next? Okay, do you agree with me? Buffy really sucks at receiving gifts and giving thanks to her friends. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And and sorry, I, I, I used to be bad at that. Um, and it's something I've been working on. Because I truly do appreciate it on the inside, but sometimes I forget to show my appreciation to people in the moment. And I have hurt feelings that way in the past. Oh, so I've been where Buffy's been. Okay, yeah, so I just something that I noticed here, because she has it twice in a row, like, for Willow's gift, she's like, oh, this is making me uncomfortable because Spike's here, but also, like, it is a weird gift to give somebody, but she's just like, okay, next, well, you know, like, it's kind of rude. Is the instant gratification line, and then Buffy and Spike exchanging that look, is that supposed to be some kind of in innuendo that, like, the massager could also be used as, like, a sex toy, and then Buffy wouldn't have to visit Spike for her ache and the way i see it is that the little achies because she says um it's for your little achies that i imagine that's what she's referring to with spike because he's the one mm. they call each other pain they're very, very violent sex right oh so willow's like noticed that buffy's had a lot of aches lately and she's thinking it's from buffy slaying but it's actually from buffy having rough sex with spike that's my guess yes okay See, so this is an example of where it's like, I knew that it was like a weird, dirty thing, but I didn't quite interpret it correctly. So thank you. <laughs> next present is Dawn's. So she's like, open my next, passes this lovely, really well-wrapped box. That, Like, we know Dawn stole this jacket. Otherwise, I would be like, oh, like, she must have had it wrapped in store. Like, that's really good wrapping job right there. You know that paper was left over from Joyce. Like, Joyce had a whole storage of wrapping paper. Yeah, pre-wrapped boxes. She's like, <laughs> I gotta wrap all these boxes just in case I die so that my daughters have something to put gifts in. No, I think she got really high and then wrapping gifts was like a really great way <laughs> to occupy her mind when she was oh, high. Oh, you're night. so right. She yeah. spent an entire night wrapping like 500 boxes. <laughs> and they're like, but Joyce, why? And she's just like, oh, I don't know. I had the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we miss you, Joyce. Joyce. Rest in peace. Oh, R.I.P. Joyce. I'm so glad that she can still bring us joy. Wherever she is. Uh, Don gives Buffy this beautiful black leather jacket. It's the one that we saw Don trying on uh, last night, question mark. Buffy says, Don, it's gorgeous. And Don's like, oh, I was so nervous. I was afraid you wouldn't like it. 
And then Buffy notices that it still has the security tag on it. Is that still a thing these days? Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. And Don's like, oh, that's so weird. I can't believe they didn't take that off. Did Don put on the jacket and run <laughs> out the store? Out the I mean, mall? I, it's Sunnydale. I'm assuming the security is just lax enough that she was probably able to like slip it around the those, detectors those or... detectors just like they ping they make noises you know yeah but it's really easy <sighs> why am i the one teaching you how to shoplift step <laughs> go on Disclaimer. i'm definitely not taking i've notes. <laughs> never done this but like all you have to do right is like hide it well enough and then like you wait for somebody else to set it off and mm. you kind of walk out when that person set it off because it goes off for a couple seconds after it's been set off, right? Or just like turn around after it goes off and just be like, I don't know, and just keep going. Or you could slip out the back door, right? Like there's all these ways or, to Or ooh, it. buy something a lot cheaper. Buy, buy something really cheap and then walk out with it. And then they won't, they'll be like, oh, I don't know why that happened, but I did just buy as this. As long as they don't search your bag. Yeah, it's a, it's a rather large item to, to hide, but... Yeah. I mean, Don's Don's so skilled at this, you know. Don's a criminal mastermind. Those white boy gangs. (laughs) Maybe she's running one. I don't know. Mm. Before Don can continue to bask in this moment of attention from her sister, Mm. Xander says, happy birthday, Buffy. And then Anya and him wheel in this, quite frankly, very beautiful, uh, finished wooden chest that's for storing weapons. Uh, and Buffy just passes the jacket to Don, you know, just already forgotten. Again, so rude. She says, did you guys make that? And Don is stung by this. While Anya says, Xander did the building. I offered helpful suggestions while observing from a safe distance. <laughs> Good for you. Uh, Xander says it holds basic weapons, plus non-basic ones too. Plus there's a handsome CD holder. So kids, CDs were a way <laughs> of listening to music. Before, you could just download it from the internet. History with Kara. Just thought I'd throw that out there. (laughs) No, I know that kids these days know what CDs are because Taylor Swift is bringing them back. Oh. Anya says, we wanted you to have something no one else would have. Dot in the background is like boiling over at this point. But I fair enough, like again... Buffy just like throws the jacket back at Dawn. Like, she's like, this is trash. She's like, get the fuck out of here. You didn't make this from scratch. So rude. Um, then the doorbell rings. So Buffy's hugging Anya and Xander and thanking them far more profusely than she thanked Dawn. And then Buffy's friend Sophie is at the door. And Sophie says, oh, my mom told me to say thank you right away because otherwise I usually forget. So thank you. Also, I can't have any chocolate or peanuts or egg yolks and sometimes dairy. And Buffy's like, it's no problem. Uh, and then Anya's like, is that your friend you brought from work? Our friend is better. So I find it so funny that the new friend that Buffy made is Willow from season one. Like that this girl reminds mm. me of Willow from season one. You know, these are the only new friends that Buffy can possibly make. <laughs> like awkward sheltered girls. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Clem waves at Sophie, which I love. Um Clem and Sophie, like, seem to have a good time together in this episode. Did you notice that? Oh, yeah. She doesn't even ask about his skin or anything. She's just like, let's dance. There was some chemistry. They're going to hook up. Oh, no, they're hitting it off. Uh, Dawn gets up from the couch, all teenage hormones afire. And yes. uh, Buffy, again, completely insensate to Dawn. It's just like, Dawn, can you get the door? <laughs> and, like, Buffy's closer to the door. Like, Dawn has to move past Buffy to go close the door. I don't understand. Uh, so Don is closing the door and cue the ominous music as we the camera follows uh, the door outside to the front porch. 
uh, where the guidance counselor from earlier in the episode has followed Don home for, I don't know, a house call. <laughs> and she comes out of the shadows. And as she says, you do, do, you, do you want to do the voice? Wish granted. So good. Uh, <laughs> and she turns into none other than Helfrick Yay! from last episode. We're back, <laughs> bitches. <laughs> Some time has passed. Don't know how much time. Don't know what time it was. <laughs> All right. It could be days. It could be hours. It could be years. Time in this show. <laughs> like what? Like must be like, okay, I'm going to guess. I'm going to, you know what? I'm putting time on this show. It's 10 p.m. Uh, Clem and Sophie are dancing. Xander and Will are chatting on the couch. Dawn is sitting on the other couch with Anya. And they're all, she's looking so happy. She's like, oh my God, I'm not alone. Buffy is talking to Richard. And he's saying, look what time it is. No one's even thinking about leaving. I know I can't uh, tear myself away. And uh, that that's also makes me think it's 10 p.m. because we know it's Thursday night probably. And um, they, they would naturally want to leave around that time to go to work the next day because they're adults. <laughs> so Richard asks if he can get Buffy a drink. And Spike is coming up behind him. Um, so she gets like intimidated. She's like, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, thank you. I'm just going to head back in. And Richard says, I'll look for you. <laughs> and it's like, not hard, Richard. It's her house. He walks away and Spike says, ooh, Buffy, can I get you a soda pop? I think I'm in love. And he grabs her hand and she says, stop it. And she like, uh, she takes her hands back and she's like, someone's going to see. And he pushes her up against the wall and starts to guide her hand toward his dick. Uh, ooh, uncomfortable. And Tara walks by just then and she catches them and Buffy yanks her hand back and she w- gives him a dirty look and walks away. And Tara is staring at Spike and he's like, oh, I had a muscle cramp. Uh, Buffy goes helping. And Tara's like, a muscle cramp in your pants? And Spike's like, well, what? It's a thing. And Tara's like, right and walks away because she's a sass queen does spike know that tara knows at this point like has this has he figured this out yet um i think just from their interactions in this one episode he's like oh okay so she she obviously is in on it in the dining room now it's 11 p.m all right xander and anya are saying you go you go willow and sophie are across from them willow says okay it's just a beer run i'll go sophie says i can't really drink beer because barley but i'll go with you to get some and will's like perfect here we go beer getting but then she just lays her head on the table like clearly she's not gonna go so i have a couple of things to say about this at first i was like okay it's it's 10 30 11 p.m where are they gonna go on this beer run and then it occurred to me in america you can get beer at corner stores right like you get beer wherever correct yeah so that i was like no no lcbo would be closed duh but i'm like oh no 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 like it's not we're not in canada and that's true anyone who's not canadian if you want your liquor you gotta go goddamn early all right you gotta go after work and pick up that shit and make sure you have enough even some even some places outside of ontario you can i mean you can buy beer in some grocery stores now right uh if they're open at 11 p.m yeah like you can sure yeah but yeah, that's that's our burden to bear. The other part of me that I wanted to say was, okay, so Sophie brought brought up all her dietary restrictions earlier, and now she's saying she also can't have barley. And I was like, why is it a joke that this girl has dietary restrictions? Like, it's so normal now for everyone to have, be allergic to everything that it's just like, it's not funny, you know? Because society is ableist, and we still like making fun of people who can't conform to these arbitrary norms that we've laid down. Boo! We love you, Sophie. Buffy, Dawn, Richard, and Anya are now playing Monopoly. It is 
I believe, 2 a.m. now, right? I think Richard says it. They're playing Monopoly. Buffy is saying she's out. Clem and Xander, Spike and Tara are playing poker nearby. Clem is saying that it's still weird without the kittens. And Buffy's like, no kittens. And then she says to Richard, he's quirky. And Richard says, we've been playing for three hours. Oh, my God. I just realized now. 12, 1, 2. Mm, my math is mathing today. That is my girl math. So it was 11 when they wanted to do the beer run. It's been three hours. It's now 2 a.m. Good job. Yeah. Richard says, you can't bail now. Anya says, come on, Buffy, stay. I want to bankrupt somebody. And Don says, we should totally have a slumber party. And Buffy's like, I don't know. I guess as long as everyone's staying up anyway. And Spike says, must be some late night activities to keep us busy till morning. Ugh. And Tara says... How's that cramp, Spike? Still bothering you? Maybe you want to put some ice on it. <laughs> Ooh, he needs ice after that sick bird. <laughs> Tara. Where did Tara learn trash talking from? Her brothers? I fucking love it. Well, Tara was getting snarkier earlier in the season as well. Remember? Um, we, we love trash talking, Tara. We're here for that. Yeah. I can't remember what episode it was, but she said something and everyone looked at her. She's like, what? I, I, was, I think it was like a bargaining. She's like, I'm just trying out some trash talk. <laughs> yeah. Please do us social media post that is like a roundup of Tara trash talk through the series oh I should I should uh the next morning okay now it's it's like 8 a.m Willow and Anya are sleeping on the couch Clem Don and Xander are watching morning cartoons Spike and Buffy are playing cards Richard is saying hey Xander we gotta be at work in a few minutes and Xander's like okay and Richard says I can't be late today I mean Xander's the one who drew up the shift schedule so Richard I feel like you're safe yeah um how do you how would you feel in this situation because like i'm looking at this and my skin is starting to crawl because it's like they've spent the whole night in those clothes in the house you know like maybe napping a little bit but they probably didn't get a ton of sleep i would be irritable at that point i would be wanting a shower like especially at this this advanced age of being 21 or however old they are right like (laughs) you can't pull those out all-nighters anymore i don't know there's a part of me, I, I'm watching this episode lying on my couch, so tired in my 30s, and I'm just like, <laughs> I could not do that. Listen, I am an extrovert, all right? And I thrive on social situations, and I have pulled many an all-nighter with my friends, and I fucking love it. Uh, so, no, I don't, I don't share your feelings. If it was a really fun party having everybody in a house together, having a great time. It's not as common now, now that I'm in my 30s, because we all have responsibilities and life and stuff, as as Ooh. the Scoobies know at 21. These don't come up anymore in my life. But like back in my late 20s, when I could still do this, I lived for it. So I'm here for, for them wanting the party to continue on. Cool. Spike says, um, <coughs> you definitely should go. Let's find your coat so you can be on your way. Oh, do you hear my voice? It's going... <clears throat> <clears throat> Listeners, just FYI, I'm a little bit sick. So um, <laughs> Spike says, let's find your coat so you can be on your merry way. And Buffy's like, Spike. And Richard says, I don't know why I'm not leaving. <laughs> He's so happy about it. He's such an Owen. He's like, I don't know why I'm still here. And Spike's like, me either. Besides, Richie, you can't skip breakfast, a growing boy like you. Me, I used to love breakfast. In the old days, I probably would have eaten by now. And Buffy says, of course, with your new diet of yours, you might want to be careful with what you try putting in your mouth, Spikey. And Spike says... I don't know. Tummy's making all kind of gurglies. Maybe I ought to just feed on whatever's around, even if it doesn't go down willingly. And he asks Richard if he works out, and Buffy's like, okie dokie, and she drags Spike into the other room. Now, 
This is annoying to me, all right? This is more annoying than the Angel versus Riley man off in the Yoko factor because Buffy actually loved both of those men at some point. Neither of these men have a claim on Buffy. Not that any man ever does, but the point is, is that Spike is being so petty and jealous here and it's annoying to me. The way he's acting is so possessive and I just don't like it. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that reading. Also, like, why is no one cluing into this dynamic? I know they're not really paying them attention right now, but like if anyone else, like besides Tara, watched that dynamic go down between Richard and Spike, they would clue in. Because everybody in this season is remarkably self-absorbed. It's true. It's true. And I got one more for you, Kara. Spike's threats are so unimportant. Like, they're so... Yes, thank you. He can't hurt Richard. He knows this. No. And the fact that Buffy's getting all uppity about it, maybe because, like I'm saying, maybe he's leaning in too far into the jealousy and it's too obvious that someone else might catch on to the fact that they're they're boning in the background. But um, yeah, like when Spike's like, oh, I could eat this guy. <laughs> it's like, no, you can't. No, you can't. Like, Richard could kill you. <laughs> so whatever. Um, in the hallway, Buffy calls him out, says, um, hey, Mr. Passive Aggressive Guy, seriously, you, can you take it down a notch or two in there? And Spike says, what? Poor dainty Richard can't take a joke. Buffy says, we do not joke about eating people in this house. And Spike says, what are you going to do? Beat me up again? And that is the only reference they make to it, Kara. That is the only reference they make to Buffy kicking the shit out of him in the last episode and then saying, you hurt the ones you love, you know? Uh, Buffy says, I should have thrown you out the second you got here. I was insane to ever think that you could just hang out with my friends. Spike says, and I was insane to think, no, wait, you were right. You're insane. Cut to Willow and Tara in the kitchen. Tara is saying that she didn't really plan for a sleepover. Willow says, it's weird. I have class and I know I should go. And Tara says, it's like I want to leave, but I don't want to. And Willow says, exactly. Meanwhile, Buffy is saying, I think it's time for you to go. And Spike says, can't. Daylight. And Buffy says, okay, I'll go. And Spike says, fine, I'll get the door because they're right in front of the front door. And Buffy says, fine. And Spike says, fine. (laughs) And Buffy says, I'm actually trying to move right now. And Spike says, me too. But they're not moving. This is much more interesting if you actually watch the episode. (laughs) And then Buffy says, well, this can't be good. Cut to... Everybody gathered in the living room again, and Buffy announces that there's something keeping us in this house. And Xander, very helpfully, Xander says, or someone. Thanks, Mm -hmm. Xander. So smart. Tara says, has everyone tried to get out? And Willow says, what if we just as a group got up and threw ourselves at the door? (laughs) So Xander says, okay, count of three. One, two, three. Xander can count to three impressive Mm. nobody moves and buffy says hence the problem uh and richard says i i really need to go i have a job to get to richard is very concerned about his job is he new (laughs) like what's going on and anya says i have to open the magic box and sophie says i have a shift at the double meet actually i'm okay here (laughs) poor sophie and club's like yeah i'm fine (laughs) yay club uh and xander says willow and tara have class i have to be at the site And then Buffy says, we all have places we'd rather be. And Spike says, things we'd rather be doing. (laughs) Don looks up at this for some reason. Um, Buffy says, I think the first priority has to be to find a way out. Don says, sure, of course, you all want to leave. Because being stuck in here with me, that would really suck, right? (laughs) And Willow says, no, Donnie, it's just that we all have more important things to do. (laughs) (laughs) True. Don says, I know, important, whatever that means, right? 
And then she storms upstairs to her room. Glorious, glorious, glorious. Um, Listen, all right, Dawn, stomp away, my friend. Stomp away. I love to see it. But work and school are important. Okay, Dawn? And um, they were here all night with you, all right? Yeah, like, they were there full 12 hours, I'd say. This is reasonable to let them go in the morning, <laughs> you know? It's not even her birthday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I love about her. That's what I love Dawn. She always makes it about her. Like, I, I am sympathetic to Dawn feeling like she's not receiving the kind of love and care that she should be getting from her loved ones. I am very sympathetic to Dawn in this episode and to the circumstances that lead to what has happened here. But the way that she carries on about it is very much like Ger Arg. And I, Tara's going to comment on this in a moment. But like, again, it's just it's one of the things about this episode that it doesn't quite come together for me. Mm-hmm. I, have a re- I have a thought about that later as well. Um, let me do this scene because Donnie is is everything. In her room, she's lying on her bed and Buffy, Willow, Tara, Xander, and Spike come in. Buffy says, Dawn, did you do something? And Dawn says, me? And Tara says, do you know something? Because we want you to feel like you can tell us. And Dawn's like, what would I know? And Willow says, we're not accusing you of anything. It's just that, (laughs) except they are. (laughs) It's just that you're kind of taking it personal down there. And Dawn's like, oh, okay. So you all just decided that somehow I'm responsible. Great. Here's me basking in the love. Well, and I like the dramatic irony of like, Dawn is actually kind of responsible, but she doesn't know that she's kind of responsible. And so like, she really feels hard done by in this moment, because as far as she knows, she has nothing to do with what's going on. The Scoobies are inadvertently correct to accuse her but yeah. she's like but i'm innocent and thinks that she is it's it's tasty it's delicious but also just like oh my god scoobies you're really the worst <laughs> in this season but it's also another reason why we can get behind dawn's defensiveness here because like she honestly she's like i didn't fucking do anything all right if anything just like a few episodes ago they should be pointing their fingers at willow again Because, again, shenanigans this season have all been Willow's fault. So Xander says, it's just, you know, you're upset because we all want to leave. And now we can't leave. Only thing missing is a cornfield. There isn't a cornfield, is there? And Buffy says, Dawn, it's okay. We're not going to be mad. Dawn says, yeah, only I didn't do anything. And Willow says, you sure? God. And Will says, you, Don says, you want me to ask my other self? <laughs> and Buffy says, Don, we're just trying to figure out what's going on. And Don's like, figure it out yourself. I'm done being talked to like a kid. And Xander says, sometimes we do some something that seems like a good idea at the time, like say, evoke the power of a musical amulet. And turns out, you know, not so much. Uh, too soon, Xander, even though you did not get in trouble at all for what happened in Once More With Feeling. Dawn says, God, I didn't do anything. I wish I had. I'm glad you're trapped. She gets really evil sounding here. She's like, I'm glad you're trapped. How else can I get anybody to spend any time with me? (laughs) Yeah, get out. Get out, get out, get out. And she does it again, Kara, the classic. A classic returns. Okay, but maybe she does this every week. We just don't always see it. Oh, I fucking hope so. Okay, listen, listen again. I love it. Okay, I love this meltdown. It's awesome. But (laughs) doing this petulant screaming thing after everything that she went through since the last time she screamed, get out, get out, get out at her mother and Buffy in blood ties, it implies that she hasn't grown or matured at all, not just in age, but in experience and like in her personality since that time. 
And you and I know that she has, right? We know that she's been through a lot of stuff since mid-season five. I really wish the writers had chosen a different way for her to lash out here, right? Like the one that reflects her her age, sure, but like her experience more. Because again, like shouting, get out, get out, get out. Again, it's a classic. Love to see it. But um, I just, I feel like Dawn has matured past that at this point. And maybe she could have shouted something else. Maybe, you know, leave me alone. <laughs> like some, just something else that didn't take me all the way back to who she was last season. I agree. <laughs> In the living room, Anya is saying, I think she's possessed. <laughs> um, and Steph has a note here saying that Anya wasn't actually upstairs. She wasn't. She wasn't in that room. She must have heard the screaming from downstairs. Good catch. Uh, Xander says she's a teenager. And Terez comes in and says the phones are all out. They're totally cut off. And Buffy's worried about Dawn. She's like, oh, she's so angry. And Tara says, it happens. We all went through it. As if this is like... <laughs> what? Like... <laughs> Like, yeah, it's like, I know she's talking about, like, adolescent hormones and stuff, but, like, she's making it sound like it's, like, a an acute period of, like, one week in our, our teenage lives where we go through this get out, get out, get out phase. Or where we all, like, get accused of keeping everybody in a house. It's a rite of passage. <laughs> I mean, that happened the to me. The phrasing is really interesting to me. I was a bit older than Dawn. I was 16 when that happened to me, but um, I've always been a late bloomer. <laughs> Uh, so Buffy says, I can't figure out why she didn't come to me. Buffy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was like, Buffy. Buffy. Oh, my God. Um, come on. Xander's like, you have been a little busy lately. When Xander has a point, Buffy, you need to sit down and shut up and listen. But also, shut up, Xander. All right. Wedding planner, music demon, summoner, forced to got to dance a death murderer guy like don't fucking that's, lecture yes, that, Buffy. that's fair I'm, I'm not yeah i'm not trying to say xander's more morally superior than buffy in this moment but like xander is actually technically correct here yeah no 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 i'm with you on that but i also just i just wanted to unleash on xander for a second so spike says i don't want to keep you all from all the touchy feelings but maybe the encounter group can meet later say when we're not trapped in a house and tara says even if Dawn does know something, she's obviously not going to help us right now. We need another way. So Buffy says, I think magic is going to be our best bet. Something general, you know? Cast a wide net? Willow looks uncomfortable at this. Xander says, but Willow. And Tara's like, no, I'll do it. Does Xander. There's another witch here. She's like, I just didn't bring any supplies. And Buffy says, well, we don't have anything in the house. We got rid of everything. Lies. Lies. <laughs> you tried to, Buffy. You didn't do a great job. You, you dropped the ball. And this is where Willow has to confess. She says, actually, not everything. Oh, is she about to bring up the candles that Buffy and Dawn overlooked? <laughs> Willow says, I might have kept one or two things, just in case. And Tara looks upset and Buffy's confused. And Xander says, that's great. In a very bad way. Tara says, just bring me what you have. But then I'm doing this alone. You need to stay away from him. And she she's a little bit upset, right? She's a little bit lecturing Willow. But like, this is a very common behavior for addicts, right? Like people who have substance use issues, even when they are like, oh, I want to get clean. And, you know, they help you go through their stuff and, and get rid of the stuff that's going to trigger a possible relapse. It's very common for them to have like, caches and kind of like backups or you know emergency use only kind of things i don't want to be too hard on the scoobies here because obviously back in the early 2000s 
there wasn't as much like training and awareness around this stuff, but it's like, are you guys really surprised by this? I also want to add on the Buffy the Vampire Slayer, we live on a Hellmouth side of things, that um, it actually makes a lot of sense for Willow to keep some things in the house. I mean, she did it secretly, and that's the problem here. But like, Buffy is the Slayer, and they get attacked in this house all the time. So having a little safe box makes sense to me. Not the worst crime. Yeah. It's later. I would say noon. <laughs> Tara, Xander, and Buffy are in the kitchen as Tara works on her spell. Anya, Willow, and Spike are at the door waiting. Richard comes over with Sophie and Clem and he's like, someone want to tell me what's going on here? We're trapped in a house by what? Some unseen force or something? And who knows what she's doing in there? And I have to tell you, he, and he points at Clem, he says, I don't think that's a skin condition. So the, the normies are starting to freak out. Uh, Tara uses her magic spell, says, release. And the spell floats around and the sword that Buffy brought home with her from the previous two nights ago, gets hit by the spell. And Tara shouts, try the door! And Spike has this look of determination on his face, but he can't move. He says, I can't. Suddenly, the demon materializes, grabs the sword, and attacks them. He slices Richard across the stomach. And Buffy tackles him, and he disappears into the floor. And he rematerializes behind Buffy, knocks her into Spike. Um, she gets up off the floor while, Sp uh, while Spike is on the ground still. And thank God, Kara, he didn't fondle her like he did in that troll episode. Uh, Buffy says, the demon I killed two nights ago. That's that's him. And Spike says, you, th you thought you killed. Richard is in bad shape. Oh, no. Tara says, let's get him upstairs. But we need to get him to a hospital soon. Buffy says, it's going to be okay. Trust me. I promise we'll be out of here soon. Cut to nighttime. Sophie is looking out the window. She's saying, oh, my God, oh, my God. We broke Sophie. <laughs> yeah, she, Buffy's saying, okay, maybe soon was a bit of an overstatement. Spike says, have you ever thought about not celebrating a birthday just to just try it? I mean, <laughs> touche, touche. Yeah, that, Spike has a point. I, I will admit that. I will give that to Spike. <laughs> also, honorary mention to Cordelia. She was not here to be chips and, dips, chips and dip girl. I did not notice any chips and dip at this party. Although I will say, if Cordy was at this party, she would totally be doing what Anya does in this episode. You know, that that would be her role. She'd be better at it, though. Oh, she'd be, of course she'd be better at it. <sighs> I'll also add that, yeah, maybe Buffy should not stop celebrating her birthday. But also, maybe as a group, the Scoobies can all stop using the word wish, right? Just stop using it, period. Don says, what is that noise? Is it in the walls? And it's because they can hear growling across the whole house now. They can hear it in the room where Richard is, and Buffy can hear it in the hallway as she walks into Clem. And I think this whole thing, and this is where the episode kind of lost me, because I think they're going for this claustrophobic feel, but it's not landing for me. I agree. The demon is weird in this episode because he's really OP. He's very, like more powerful than he should be, right? He, It's really hard to fight this guy, as we're going to see in just a moment. And and I understand that close quarters fighting is, is difficult, but like Buffy and Spike together have trouble taking out this demon. But at the same time, like he's not much of a threat in the sense of like, he's just there. It's the wrong place, wrong time for him. He didn't ask to be trapped in his sword and then brought home to Buffy's house. He had demon things to do that night. He's <laughs> he's behind schedule now. It's really rude of Buffy to interrupt his schedule of mayhem and chaos. But like, he, he, he doesn't serve any purpose in this episode other than to be an obstacle and a threat while they're in the house 
Should that be enough? Maybe, but not the way the writers do it here. Okay, but we know just from you and I being geniuses that this unnamed demon is actually avenging Lagos. So he has the drive and motivation to attack the Scoobies, and that's giving him an up. <laughs> so Anya is sitting with Xander in her room. She's complaining that's hot. Xander's saying, you're just a little freaked out. It'll pass. Anya says, he's going to die, meaning Richard, and we're going to watch. We're just sitting here. Why are we just sitting here? Why aren't we doing something? And Xander says, we are. We will. We've been through worse. And Anya says, not like this, not trapped like animals. Seriously, did someone turn on the heat? I just can't breathe. I can't breathe. And she's pulling on her clothes and Xander tells her to stop. She, she's, he's like, you're just freaking out. It's normal. You're just scared. We all are. We'll come up with a plan and we'll, we'll do something. And Anya says, what? And Xander says, I don't know. I'll let you, but I'll get you some water. Calm you down. I'll be right back. So he goes and um, they have been trapped in things before. They got trapped in fear itself, right? In that haunted house. But Anya wasn't there. Uh, for that here's here's my issue with this like i think it's it's interesting that they've chosen to make anya feel claustrophobic in this particular situation but i just don't think they've been trapped long enough to feel that way it's been like a day you know like i feel like if it was like a couple weeks maybe i don't know like i was saying earlier i feel like at this point i'd be you know like have they had anything to eat have they like been making peanut butter banana quesadillas like what's (laughs) going on it's been a whole day here i'd be hangry uh, I'd be sweaty. I'd be uncomfortable in my clothes after all that time. I, I feel what Agnes feeling right now. I wouldn't. I don't think I'd be claustrophobic, but I would. I would be sick and tired of all of you. Interesting. I'd be like um, second wind. I'd be like, here we go. This this is why I I know I can never go to Mars. Right. I can't be trapped in a tin can with the same people for like eight months. Mm. I'm sorry. Well, I hope they don't ask you to go, Kara. <laughs> It'd be really awkward for you to tell them no. Uh, the demon materializes and attacks Xander. Hilarious. Uh, Spike jumps into the fray. Xander gets his arm sliced. Buffy is fighting him and says, grab the sword. Spike jumps into fight. Um, he gets knocked back again. Like, Spike gets beat up a lot by this demon. This is what I'm saying, is this demon's actually really tough. And then the demon goes back into the wall. Anya comes over. She's like, Xander? And she sees him bleeding. And he's like, I'm, I'm okay. See, I'm okay. And he comforts her, which I was like, wow, interesting. Like, he looks like he really loves her here. Buffy goes to Dawn and she says, it's getting kind of crazy. Are you okay? And Dawn says, do you care? <laughs> and Buffy's like, fine, stay with Spike. And she goes upstairs. But Dawn follows her and says, it's not like I meant for this to happen. And Buffy says, I never said that you did. And Dawn says, I didn't want this. Buffy says, what did you want? Don's like, nothing. And Bobby says, Don, come on. And Don says, no, you don't know. You d- you have this thing you do. You have all these friends. You have no idea what it's like being alone. Muffy's like, you're not alone. And Don says, then why do I feel like this? Because you have hormones, Don. <laughs> <sighs> because your hormones. Does Muffy don't have this talk with you? It's not going to stop for a while. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. It's a bunch of bullshit, Don, but you're going to be feeling this way until menopause. <laughs> Okay, this is so interesting because now Don and Buffy are going to have a, a little heart to heart. It's not it's not what it needs to be. It's not to the uh, like level that they need to be talking about what's going on with both of them. But um it's just interesting to me that both of these girls have been, you know, lying and being secretive and hiding things from each other but also from everybody else in their lives. So, it's interesting to me that Dawn puts it in this way, right? That she's like Must why do Tuesday. I Yeah, well, like, why do I feel this way? I'm I'm alone. And Buffy feels that exactly that same thing. So, I'm glad that they're finally opening it up to each other. I just I know this conversation doesn't go as deep as as it would need to go. Meanwhile, the Scoobies are having a conference in the dining room. Spike says 
we can't stay put like cattle, waiting for that thing to pop out whenever it gets peckish. And Tara says, I'd say we do another spell, but I think we've tried everything. Anya says, that's not exactly true, is it? Not everything. Not exactly. She stares meaningfully at Willow. (laughs) And she says, we're sitting here with an incredibly powerful witch. Much more powerful than you, Tara. I'm sorry. Only no one seems willing to say it. So it's so interesting how, like you said, Anya's a bitch in this episode. But I I find her to be more like the Anya we met in season three, right? We met her in The Wish and in Double Gangland. Sure. Mm-hmm. I find her to be a lot more like that than she has been after, like, we, when we met her again in season four after, like, I don't know, do half a year th- of being a human. Do you think this is Halfric's influence? Her chat, her little chat with Halfric in the last episode has kind of got her reevaluating things in her life? I don't know. I don't think so because we also, we had um, dead things in between there where she was all like happy and peppy Mm -hmm. with Dander dancing all over the episode. Maybe she's been thinking things. I don't know. Maybe she's going to therapy. Who knows? Maybe. Or maybe it's just that when things actually get tough, when she feels like her life is in actual danger, maybe she just like drops the whole facade of her being dipsy or whatever Hmm. just because she's actually a thousand year old demon. But she doesn't have powers anymore, right? So that must be a very frightening thing for her. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I mean. I, she's I, under- now. I understand where her fear is coming from here and her mortality, mm-hmm. but it's just mm. it's the that edge to her personality. Like her her usual Anya persona is gone, and she's a lot more harsh. Like remember how she was in Double Gangland when she was trying to kill Willow, mm. right? Like this is this is who Anya is, <laughs> but like she just hasn't been this person for the last couple of years. I wish we got more of Xander's perspective on that. Mm. You know, I mm. wish we had heard more from Xander in this episode how he felt about how Anya was behaving. And I know we're very harsh on Xander for how he treats Anya, deservedly so, I think. But I also think, you know, he he is allowed to have a perspective. And and I wish we'd seen more of that. So I, I guess we'll we'll find out next episode. <laughs> he does he does side with her. Boo. Uh-huh. The one time he sides with her. Come on, Xander. Pick your sides better. And well, he sides with her against another Scooby. It's like, God, that's not the kind well, of side we Willow, want. Well, against Willow. Because last time, remember, he's always historically sided with Willow against Anya. And she's hated that. So I guess maybe he's learned his lesson. And it's like, of all the times you learn your lesson, Xander. Anyway, let's finish the scene so we yeah. see what goes on here. <laughs> Willow says, I can't. And Anya says, that's not exactly true either. Not can't. Won't. And Willow says, you don't know how much I hate this. I don't know if there's even anything I could do. And Anya says, yes. And a good way to find out is to sit around and try nothing. That was sarcasm, by the way. Spike says, look. And Willow says, it's dangerous. Anya says, and so is all of us dying. Xander says, Will, I don't want to gang up on you, but Anya has a point. We brought you back from it once. Uh, we're all here. It's just one little spell. Whatever happens, we can bring you back again. And Willow says, no, I can't. If I start, I might not be able to stop. And Anya says, whose fault is that? If you hadn't gotten so much of it into your system in the first place, and this is where Tara intervenes, and she says, hey, and then she positions herself between Anya and Willow. And she says, you're going to back off. She said no, and that's it. You're not going to make her do something that she doesn't want to do. You can try, but you'll have to go through me first. Understood? Hmm. And Anya says, fine. If you all aren't willing to get us out of this, then I will do it myself. And she goes upstairs. Go, Tara. Go, Tara, indeed. I have in my notes here, I say, nice, Tara, nice. But now that I'm rethinking it... (laughs) 
when Tara says you're not going to make her do something that she doesn't want to do, I'm getting annoyed with Willow because Tara's always known that, right? Like Tara has always had her morals in place, but it's this season that Willow is the one that was making everybody do stuff that she wanted them to do, particularly Tara, right? She was messing with Tara's memory more than anyone else's. So I don't know, all of a sudden it just hit me how annoying it is that Tara's the one defending Willow using the speech when Willow should be defending herself using the speech to show that she learned something from that. But I am happy that Tara stood up for her because that's a great thing for Tara to do. But yeah, like Tara still very much loves Willow. Yeah. Willow's in a very vulnerable position right now, right? This is a powder keg of circumstances. She's being pressured to do magic by Anya. Could she have gotten them out? Maybe. Anya's statement later in the episode makes it seem like it would have been, you know, useless anyway. But like at the end of the day, right, there's an element of temptation here. And it, it it's kind of trolley problem, right? It's like, what would you do if you could do something that you think would save your friends, but it would cause you grievous harm, right? That's what we're talking about here, is Willow using magic again would harm her. Would she be willing to take one for the team? Would she be willing to sacrifice herself? And that's essentially what Anya and Xander are positioning it as, right, is... It would basically be the same thing as one of the Scoobies either giving their lives or, you know, getting injured uh, in the line of, you know, fighting evil. Um, whereas Willow and Tara are seeing it as a an infringement on Willow's bodily autonomy, right? Because you're essentially asking her to use drugs again. Um, and it, it's an interesting question. And it does actually bring up issues around consent. Mm -hmm. You know, and we think about things like, what if we were to subtly pressure soldiers to take performance-enhancing drugs before they went off into the field? Uh, what if we suddenly said athletes should take steroids to make them perform better? You know, and it comes around to this idea of, like, where do you start drawing the line in terms of what do we consider to be necessary in order to achieve whatever we're defining as victory in a certain situation? And Anya's definition of victory is we will get out of this house at all costs, even if it means Willow relapses and possibly cannot come back at that point uh and willow and tara's definition of victory is well we want to get out of this house but we don't want to sacrifice willow's humanity and her sense of self if that's the cost of us getting out of here yeah no i agree with you on that and i think where i'm coming at it from is more about tara and willow's relationship and this is something that i was trying to point out a little bit in wrecked willow has when it comes to the conversation around consent and what Willow has done to Tara in spelling her, right? And putting her under 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 her spell, as she sang about in What's More With Feeling, Tara couldn't consent to the things that Willow was doing with her, to continuing on in a relationship, to being sexual with Willow. And they're treating it like now that she no longer uses magic, that issue is gone. But my thing was like, that was less about the magic and more about Willow not seeing the wrong in controlling Tara that way. So that's why this particular sentence triggered me. Because again, Tara knows that making someone do something you don't want them to do is a bad thing. But I just don't see that from Willow yet. Did, Lil did Willow learn that lesson or was her just not using magic anymore the only lesson she needed to learn? Does that make okay, sense? I, I see. Yes, I yeah. see what you're saying now. And so thank you for explaining that further, because I, I think I do agree with you in that sense. 
But but I think that just speaks to a larger question, which maybe we don't have to explore in this episode. But like, do we think there's a pathway for Willow and Tara to get back together? Or do we think that unfortunately Willow has done too much damage to that relationship? Yeah, that's and that's a big question that I don't know if maybe it's too soon to start ask, okay. asking ourselves that. But that's a good way to lay, to lay it for the groundwork for what's to come. Because they're obviously not together right now. They're They're still flirting around the idea that they still care. But Tara is here at this party for Buffy. She's not here for Willow. And I think that's a good thing. Because just from this one conversation, I don't think Willow has shown in any way that she understands the depth to which she hurt Tara and that Tara can't trust her because she took away Tara's consent. So so yeah, so we'll, we'll save that conversation for another day. But as of right now, I'm glad they're not together. Oh, I agree with that 100%. So Buffy and Dawn are sitting on her bed and Buffy is saying, I wish you would have told me and this is the big heart-to-heart that isn't big at all. Dawn says, you haven't really been around. And Buffy says, Dawn, the most important job that I have is looking out for you. Um, Buffy, go stand in the mirror that Dawn looked in earlier and tell that to yourself. <laughs> because I don't I don't believe you. Dawn says, you sound like my guidance counselor. She gave you, uh, she gave you a handbook or something talking to the troubled teen. Buffy's like, counselor? Dawn says, it wasn't my idea. I just... I didn't even know we had a guidance counselor. She called me out of class like I was a JD. Buffy says, and you never met her before? And she got you to start talking about things that bothered you at home? And Dawn's like, yeah. (laughs) And Buffy's like, you didn't by chance happen to express like a wish or something to her? And Dawn's like, maybe just a little? (laughs) Okay, can we talk for a moment about how Buffy clearly has like some trauma from what's his name mr pratt oh rest in peace right like the moment don mentions oh yeah i talked to a guidance counselor buffy's like you talked to another adult did he smoke (laughs) like i understand that they had to make the connection to this being helfrick somehow but this feels really contrived and ham-fisted, right? It's like the moment Dawn mentions that she talked to somebody else about problems, Buffy's just like, you can't talk to other adults about your problems. They must be a demon. <laughs> She's like, uh, red flags go up immediately. Um, Another adult was caring about you? That's, I don't even care about you. <laughs> this cannot be. Oh, man. They, they hear clattering and they find Anya in Dawn's room going through her things. And Xander's trying to calm her down. And Anya's saying, like, she knows something. We have to find out what it is. And Dawn and Buffy come in and Dawn's like, hey, stop it. <laughs> Anya is like, there's got to be a clue somewhere. And Buffy's trying to tell Anya that it wasn't Dawn's fault. But then Anya finds the boo-boo box and pulls out all the jewelry and the price tags with the price tags still on it. And Anya says, half the stuff is from the magic box. And she looks at Dawn and she says, how could you do this? And Dawn runs away. She runs downstairs and Anya chases her. And they're followed by Buffy and Xander. And in the living room in front of everyone, Anya grabs Dawn's arm. And she's like, I work hard at that store. And I helped you. I took care of you. Is that how you say thank you? And Buffy's like, "Um, tell her you didn't do this. Tell her it was a mistake. But then Buffy looks at her jacket and the security tag. You know, she's just putting two and two together. She's like, (gasps) That was stolen, too. Anya says, how are we supposed to trust you, Dawn? You say you didn't put us here, but look at the stuff. How can we believe you? And I was like, whoa, stealing jewelry is very different from magically trapping people in a house. (laughs) So uh, Buffy says, I don't think it's all her fault, okay? There was someone pretending to be a guidance counselor. She made Dawn make a wish. And Anya's like, guidance counselor? 
<laughs> you're talking to someone else. She says the same thing that Buffy is wondering. No, no. She says, you made a wish to someone you never seen before. Did she wear a pendant with a dark blue stone? And Dawn's like, little red flex. And Anya's like, for crying out loud, Halfrag! <coughs> and that, that scream really took it out of me. It's Halfrag. You made a wish to a vengeance demon. Only a vengeance demon can break her own vengeance spell. Nothing else will work. She's the only one who can get us out of here. Hallie, get your ass down here! And then Halfrag appears, and she's like, you rang? Okay, Do, is that how you just summon a demon? Like, you don't have to, like, do, like, a chant or something? Like, she just calls her well, name? I, I think it's Anya has a special relationship with Halfrag, right? Okay, I hope so. It's like, you, that's how you could summon me. Oh, it's true. Kara, get your ass down here. So suddenly uh, she gets stabbed. Halfrick, no, she gets stabbed by the demon with the sword, the the Legos friend. He was waiting. Oh, he hates that bitch for some reason. Halfrick was there the whole time in the corner. <laughs> oh, yeah. Halfrick was making portals in this house just like Anya used to do it, Giles. <laughs> Love it. Um, Anya... And Buffy starts beating on the demon. Good for Anya. She's literally like, I hope you die, you stupid jerk face. As she like hits hits the demon. The demon is fighting now Spike and Buffy because Anya gets knocked away. Buffy stabs it with the sword. And once it's in the sword again, Buffy breaks the sword and the demon's done. But goodbye. Halfrack is still on the ground and Anya's saying, get her pendant. And before she can reach it, Halfrack wakes up and she uses her powers to like push Anya away. And she says, there'll be no touching of the pendant. And she gets up and she dusts herself off. And she's like, what? Did you think I'd, I'd, I'd be stopped by a sword in the chest? Flesh wound. <laughs> Honestly, Anyanka, you used to know better. Oh, I fucking love Halfrack, Kara. Once again, I'll remind everybody, I identify as Halfrack. I think she's um, wonderful. Anya says, how could you do this? And Halfrack says, I told you I was going to take care of some business while I was in town. <laughs> and Anya's like, yeah, but cursing us? Some of them are in the wedding party. And Halfrack says, I just go where? And then Spike has approached from the side and she looks at him and she says, William? And Spike's like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> and Buffy's like, you guys know each other? And Halfrack's like, Oh, no, no. <laughs> and Spike's like, not really. So awkward. Awkward. So so this is referring to the fact that Halfrack, when we saw her as a guidance counselor, is the effulgent Cecily from Fool mm-hmm. for Love's flashback, right? So this opens up a whole can of worms because this is the woman who sparked Spike's entire story arc. <laughs> And was she a vengeance demon the whole time? Was she turned a vengeance demon later? Right? And I, I, I you know, I don't know spoilers. I'll be spoiled for your podcast. But like, we're going to see Halfrek later. Yeah. We might get a bit more of that information. All I will say, because otherwise I know that people are going to write in, just like with Sandy, <laughs> is we know. We, we know the word of God here. We know what happened in terms of, you know, fans having their fan in and then joss we didn't be like okay this is how how it is so like we know you don't have to write it we appreciate it though um but yes uh as far as we know from what we've watched so far it looks like halfrick and cecily are the same person you know or at they're at least subletting from each other i don't know there's some <laughs> kind of connection Yeah, Cecily, you are beneath me, Halfrek, is what we're going to call her. And I loved Cecily, and I love Halfrek. That's her full name. (laughs) That's her her full name. Effulgent is probably also in there. That's probably her last name. 
love it. Love this actress. Love what she's doing with this character. So Tara says, I thought vengeance demons only punished men who wronged women. And Halfrek's like, oh, that was Anya's little raison d'etre. Most of us try to be a little more well-rounded. And actually, we prefer justice demon. Okay, FYI. (laughs) Oh, I laugh. So Anya says, well-rounded. Is that how you explain your thing for parents? for bad parents and Halfrek's like it's not a thing the children need me and Anya's like hmm daddy issues and Halfrek says sling all the barbs at me that you want Anyanka it doesn't change the fact that this girl was in pain and none of you could hear it I could hear her crying out everywhere I went in this town oh they could hear it they just didn't care (laughs) (laughs) they just could care less She's like, it was un- unbearable. It was unbearable. Giles moved to a different continent because <laughs> that's how much he didn't want to be near Don. He was like, this is so not my issue. <laughs> so she says, none of you knew. You people deserve to be cursed. Enjoy your time together. From now on, all you have is time. Time and each other. Good luck. She she looks imperiously around at everyone. Then she dramatically tries to disappear, like to phase out. But she doesn't go anywhere. So she's like, Oh, wait, wait. Time and each other. And then she tries again, <laughs> but she doesn't go anywhere. She's stuck. And Anya's like, it's the curse, Hallie. And Halfrek's like, oh, for crying out loud. Fine, the curse is lifted. We can all leave now. Damn it. And <laughs> she, she leaves. <laughs> so I love this. Yeah. I have to say, like, so if Anya hadn't summoned Halfrek or if Halfrek hadn't chosen to show up, would they just have been stuck there forever? Like, yeah. it seems like a really... This is part of my issue with the episode is it, it, the ending is just very trite. It's just very much like, okay, this is the end of the episode. Like it took us forever to get to the, this, like the conflict in the episode. And then it's like, and this is just how you're going to get them out of it. It's so unsatisfying to me. Yeah. Better, well, the writers. ending is so like, womp, womp, womp. Bitty womp. So in the kitchen, Willow is thanking Tara for, um, you know, for the magical ingredients, um, for taking them with her, but also for like, you know, sticking up for her. And Willow says, just so you know, I was never going to use it. I just kept it as a safety net because there was always this thing in the back of my head, this voice saying that if things got bad, like really bad, but what if you can't handle it? And it made me panic. So I kept a couple of things. I kept them so I wouldn't have to think about it so I could focus on getting better. And Tara's like, I get it. I really do. But it's time to work without the net, Will. I don't know if you know this, but it actually did go bad in there, really bad. And you still said no. And she smiles at her and Willow smiles too. So like, this is this is good. Honestly, it is really... Wonderful that Willow didn't give in to temptation or into peer pressure. She was just like, I'm not going to do it. And I love that for her. But yeah, um, just harking on what we said earlier about these two. Willow has a long way to go before I think Tara, but I also think like me, like, or like, you know, the, the viewer can really forgive her for what she was doing. The last scene is Anya and Xander are carrying Richard out. Um, he's still alive. He says, you guys have some really weird friends. Xander just says he's taken him to the ER. Um, Anya says, and we're going to have to talk about payment. Donnie, there are two words I want you to get used to. Punitive damages. <laughs> and Buffy says, um, do you think it's worn off? And Spike says, just one thing left to do. He goes to the door. He opens it. And everyone starts piling out. They're staring at the stars. Like, look at the stars. Clem says, good party. Willow's leaving too. I was like, where's Willow going? She lives there. Buffy and Don are at the door. But Buffy doesn't leave. She doesn't leave. She she looks at Don and she closes the door as Don smiles. The end. 
You notice how nobody cares about Sophie anymore? What do you mean? Like she just she just she left too. And that was it. <laughs> yeah, but like we didn't mention Sophie at all in the last part of this recap. <laughs> She's True. totally irrelevant. What was the point of her? Maybe her and Clem hit it off. Maybe they're going for oh, a little I hope date. So. Mm. I ship them. Yeah, I hope so. Clofie. I just hope she does I just hope she doesn't own any kittens. Who's your hero? Gotta be Tara again. I know we're on a roll with that, but I can't think of anybody else in this episode who, you know, deserves that title. Maybe Buffy. I think Tara's won the hero award most this season so far. This is a pro this is a pro Tara podcast, and you notice how nobody's coming at us for that, right? Like nobody's like, you guys are too too easy on Tara. Oh, I know. And sometimes on um on TikTok, someone will come out of the woodwork and be like, I hated Tara. And people will pile on that person. And <laughs> and watching those comments come through brings me a lot of joy because they're just like, you know, what the hell are you talking about? Tara's the best. I'm going to give a hero shout out to Halfrek for actually noticing Dawn <laughs> and doing something okay. about it. <laughs> okay, but real talk. I know that we love Halfrek. She's a fun character. This was an awful thing to do, especially because she knows Anyanka, right? She knows Anya. She knows she's here for Anya's wedding. You know who this person is, but you're going to trap her in a house for all eternity. A, that's going to mess up the wedding, which I know you're not in favor of. But like, if you're a real friend, you let your friends do this kind of thing. But like, I don't know. This was a I, I'm not here for for Halfrek deciding that she's just going to wreak vengeance. You know, I, I think she should have found a different way to do this. Interesting. I think Anya had what was coming to her. Because, like, here's the question. Does Buffy kill Halfrek now? No, because Halfrek let them go. She might have had but to. Like, had... Buffy will presumably see Halfrek at the wedding, right? So, like, does she? is she just like, hey, you, stab? Like, this is the thing. And, and we've talked about this on the podcast before. The Scoobies and Buffy will let bad demons go if they're friends. <laughs> That's very true. So does Halfrek get a pass despite torturing all of them and almost killing Richard. What I want to say is what Halfrek did is in nowhere as bad as what some of these Scoobies have done. Sure, I agree with you. I agree with you. I'm just, I'm as much as I want to stand Halfrek, I cannot condone her actions here in this episode. I can because Anya, Halfrek's right, Anya should have realized that Dawn was screaming in pain and the only way to wake her up, wake all the Scoobies up, We'll have to lock him in the house for one night. What about using the I statements? Nobody was using the I statements. Listen, Steph. listen. Halfrek has a job to do, and she did her job, all right? And DeHoffman was very pleased with her. She's killing it at her job. All right. Um, I want you to do a poll on Instagram. Was Halfrek justified in doing this? I will. And people are going to be like, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to find out. Um, okay, we have a few hot steaks. Our first hot steak is from Manjula. Uh, about the use of some of the language in Older and Far Away. So he says, Buffy fights a demon. Yes, we we saw that part. Uh, and stabs it with a sword. And the demon vanishes into the sword. Um, and she doesn't see the demon get absorbed into the sword. She just looks at the sword and says, oh, shiny. Uh, which you recounted at the start of the episode. And Manjula wanted to point out, that shiny is a common phrase used in another Joss Whedon show, Firefly, which was filming at the same time. That's part of the reason why Joss Whedon is not the showrunner in season six, because he was more involved with Angel and with Firefly. Um, but Firefly didn't actually start broadcasting until later in 2002. Uh, so Manjula says, I like to think that the writing of this episode influenced the Firefly universe. Buffy was a brown coat, uh, which is a reference to to Firefly. 
Um, so that's a little connection there, right? Like, again, there's no no evidence that that's a deliberate thing, but I like that you're noticing that connection and pointing that out. Thank you for sharing. Perhaps we'll have to cover Firefly in a bonus episode someday. Thanks. Uh, our next hot take is from Tamsin, who writes in f- about the episode Wrecked and says, quick thought on Wrecked. It seems like Rack got a real kick out of Willow's innocence and the you taste like strawberries comment feels like a reference to her essence being sweet, as if he doesn't get to taste many like her as most of her, his clientele aren't innocent or sweet. The the give a little to get a little also tells us that he's taking something from her. And I wondered if it's more than just magical power. I'm thinking Willow's dramatic personality change following the visit to Rack would be because he took some of her sweetness and goodness and replaced it with his darkness. Maybe he even took a bit of her soul. Ooh. Ooh okay. okay. That's a deep read. I like it. Mm-hmm. And then we had a second hot stake about strawberries. We had a lot of people commenting about this. And, you know, when we did Wrecked, I was like, yeah, I don't think that's a sex thing. Because I never think it's a sex thing. <laughs> oh, um, so oh. Tamsin clearly agreeing with me is like, no, there's something else going on here. But Mike wrote in. Agreeing uh, with me. it's totally a sex thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and many people did. And so I, mm. I might have to say, maybe I'm wrong here. And, and, you know, so Mike says, I have a very good friend who had a pretty rough time with drugs when she was younger. One time when we were talking about Buffy, she told me that Rack's multiple references to Willow and Strawberries had really creeped her out. Because in the drug crowd in the early 90s, the term strawberry was used to refer to someone who traded sexual favors for a fix. Did the Buffy writers know this? Well, I just learned via Google that the term was explained at length in an NWA song. I didn't know since I most like mostly like East Coast hip hop. <laughs> All right, Mike, yeah, go off. Great, yeah. Uh, so it could be widely known in California. I I don't listen to a ton of hip hop from either coast, so <laughs> also did not know this. Um, but so thank you for writing in and sharing that. And you know, I learn new things on this podcast too. And uh, I think what we can all learn from these wrecked hot steaks is that Rack was a creep one way or another. Absolutely. And Amy was a C word for introducing Willow. <laughs> oh, no. oh. I will add that um, when we dropped Double Meat Palace, a lot of people wrote in to say how shocked and <sighs> wowed they were that you dropped the C word just like that. I believe um, Jesse from the film room wrote a comment and she, I think she said there there is a prophecy girls before cunt <laughs> and a prophecy girls after cunt I don't know if I want that to be my contribution to this podcast well, but okay. it's too late all right we don't know how legacies form but there it is uh thanks everyone for your hot steaks we also have a new buy me a coffee supporter a new scooby to thank uh thank you so much Katie for joining us and supporting the podcast Thanks, Katie. And in addition to Katie, we always like to thank all of our Buy Me A Coffee supporters, especially our chosen ones. Lizzie, Holly, Kayla, Jordan, Julian, Nicola, Luis, Joshua, Reese, Susanna, Amy, Ricky, Tasha, Haley, Jace, Allison, Erica, Destiny, Kyle, and Emma. Thanks, everybody. We will see you next week. Ooh, and we have a special guest star next week. Ooh, who's it gonna be? See you then. Bye.
Thanks for listening to Prophecy Girls. If you want and can't afford to donate, head over to buymeacoffee.com slash prophecygirls for one-time and monthly options. We appreciate all of your support, even if it's just spreading the word about us or enjoying our show week by week. We also invite you to join us in the discussion by messaging us on our social media channels. Follow us at Prophecy Girls Podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook prophecy underscore girls on twitter also email us at prophecygirlspodcast at gmail.com or visit our website prophecygirls.ca where you can find the link to our discord can't wait to hear from you praise malik see you next week